You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tell Ambassadors Jakar and Lando I want to see them in chambers now. Then invite them again as firmly and as politely as you can. Captain, either you snore or last night we had a hell of a breach in the hole. What do I do now? Uh, old style, you roll over and go to bed. New style, you go out for pizza and I never see you again. What's inside there? One moment of perfect beauty. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, season 2, Episode 3, The Geometry of Shadows. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we are, are the Epsilon 3. And before we start the uh, synopsis, we have had some feedback. What? Eh? What? Yeah, there's actually somebody listening to us. How about that? Wow, that's amazing. Crazy. Crazy. It's um, from uh, Liz Hatfield. She's uh, also known as uh, Teppy and... Uh, various other names on the uh, on the internet uh, she sent us in an mp3 oh wow wow so uh, we'll play that here let's hear what she has to say hello paul and dan and sean my name is teppy uh, also known as liz hatfield under which i've been interacting with your facebook page um i just want to let you know that i really do enjoy your podcast um, I'm a bit of a vocalist myself, mostly a musician, but I've done some voice work too. Uh, your show really is ear candy to me. Um, I really enjoy the three personality, the three personalities, the balance, um, and just I, I, Babylon 5 is the biggest fandom that I have, so I'm not quite sure how I stumbled upon your podcast, but I'm very glad I have, and it seems to have just be opening one heck of a rabbit hole. Um, and I'm known to follow the white rabbit wherever I may. So uh, I look forward to continuing to enjoy your show. Uh, Peter's last name is Jurassic, not Jurassic. And um, yeah, hope to catch up with you guys later. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, that was, that was, that was amazing feedback. It's, it's, it's yeah. lovely to hear from our listeners. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And uh, she's also sent in a lot of um, feedback on various uh, posts that we've put out on the shows. Uh, mm. She's also listening to Cosmic Pizza as well. So uh, that's great. Oh. It's, Thank uh, you. Oh, now, now, if we could just get her to listen to Dan's Temporal Trek and my Soul Forge podcast, we'd be all set. <laughs> That's it. No, oh, amazing. She's got some really good ideas. She's uh, been very, very uh, supportive and uh, very helpful as well. Some of the comments that she's she's made. So, yeah, really pleased. Thank you very much, Liz, and, and keep the uh, yeah. comments coming. Yeah, please do. Definitely. Okay, synopsis for this week's episode. Um, Londo continues to seek prestige and power back home. A group of technomages visit the station, and Ivanova is forced to settle a dangerous dispute amongst the drowsy population. Uh, written by JMS and directed by Michael Vijar, uh, this episode was released on the 16th of November 1994 and takes place between the 25th and 26th of January 2259. And our guest stars... Michael Ansara as Elric, William Forward as Lord Reefer, David L. Crowley as Lou Welch, Kim Strauss as Green uh, Drazi, 
Jonathan Chapman as Green Drazi 2, uh, Neil Bradley as Purple Drazi, Josh Cox as Tech David Corwin, Edward Connery as Devereaux, and Warren Tabata as Guard. And uh, before we go any further as well, another thing that Liz said is we've been pronouncing uh, Peter Jurassic's name incorrectly. Really? How do you say it? I've got to think about this now. Jurassic. Peter Cretaceous. It's Cretaceous. <laughs> is, it, is it Jurassic? No. Jurassic. Jurassic. As like Jurassic. Like Jurassic, but he goes on forever, so it's Jur- and he's not very well, so he's Jurassic. Good to know. Jurassic. <laughs> nice. So apparently, it's on. Uh, he introduces himself as that uh, on various um, uh, YouTube videos that uh, she has seen. So there you go. Huh. Well, mm-hmm. after thirty years of pronouncing it the wrong way, I'm not sure I can change. <laughs> I know, and it's all your fault that I say it that way because I've never heard him say it. I've always sort of oh. read it and heard other people say it and thought, oh yeah, Jurassic, yeah, Jur- Jurassic. No, it's Jurassic. Let's just call him Pete. Yeah, cool. yeah. Oh, Molari. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what do we think about uh, this episode, guys? You know what's funny? I, I felt like I've already seen it. Uh, this uh, like in the in the season one, it seemed very familiar. Like, okay, it's the purple and the green. I remember this episode so well that I'm like, did we not already watch it? But no, it's got <laughs> Sheridan in it, so we can't have. So it it was very very familiar. At least the drowsy part of it. And the uh, the Technomage stuff, I, I had forgotten all about those guys. I know they uh, feature heavily in Crusade, but I'd forgotten that uh, they were actually in much of Avalon 5 too. So it, it was good to see some reminders, some very familiar stuff, and uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Huh? Pretty good. Done. Yeah, um, this is one that's not only hazy in the memory, this one's stuck in the memory. Uh, the green and purple fighting over a piece of cloth. This one has always been there. The, you know, whenever I'm thinking of Babylon 5, this is one of the few episodes that have really stuck in the old grey cells. Um, it's it's silly, it's funny, it's got its own, you know, um, B plot, but also you've got the A plot, and that all ties into everything as well. You've got Malari, you know, doing typical Malari things. Um, you've got Veer really coming to the surface and having some great comedy moments, which I'm sure we'll go into in a moment. Um, yeah, just just fantastic. I really enjoyed this one. It probably falls short in a few areas, and we'll probably come through uh, in that later on in our discussion. But um, it's not a perfect episode, but it is one that sticks in the memory. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I'm like Sean. I, I remember this, and I thought, oh, oh was this not three episodes? I, I <laughs> seem to remember all of the all of the plots, but differently, you know, spaced and maybe in different <laughs> episodes. But no, it's all very much crammed into one, and and works very well. But um, <laughs> we, uh, we we start at the beginning where the the, doc, the doctor Garibaldi's getting his usual checkup as as normal, <laughs> and. Uh, the doctor's saying, you know, does this hurt when I do this? Does it hurt when I do that? No. No, it's fine. I don't don't feel a thing. Ow! Hey, 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 hey. I don't like it when my patients lie to me. Yeah, well, we could have discussed it. <laughs> so so you, you know you're in for a good episode when you go, you know, got a bit of a, a little bit of humor to start off with. Oh, yeah. But then we uh, we get um, a not-so-subtle hint of the Centauri politics as uh, Lord Reefer shares his power play with Malari, um, you know, how you, how you see things going on, you know, sort of 
Malari is the central figure and, and maybe helping him get to um, to be the emperor. And uh, Malari's obviously, you can see it in his eyes that maybe he thinks he can get to be the emperor. So uh, it's, it's all starting to sort of, well, ideas start to come in Malari's uh, little brain. And then we have the uh, the Drazi and the, uh, the the green and the purple kicking off uh, in the uh, oh, what do they call it now? That's not I was going to say the Armada. It's not the Armada. It's the um... the Zuclo? No, was it the Zuclo? I didn't think it was. I thought it was the. I couldn't remember where it was. Yeah, well, it was they were definitely on the Zuclo. Oh, was it? I thought it was the shopping bit. Oh, okay, maybe not. Hmm. Um, yeah, they all start kicking off. And then as uh, Lord Reefer leaves, you get the three Technomages coming on board. Well, yeah, because it, it's 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 so rare to see one Technomage, but three, there must be something big happening. That's right. And then uh, Ivanova brings uh, Sheridan uh, and, of course, you know, us um, up to speed about the Drazi fights. Uh, every five years, they, they fight, but not to the death, uh, just to see who the dominant group is. Uh, for the next five years. And um, have you noticed, by the way, that Ivanova seems to be doing a lot of standing around? She's not really yeah, walking crazy. around anywhere. It's almost uh, like she, she did notice. I don't know. Pre broke her foot. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's, that's right. Almost in advance. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Mm. And then Ivanova gets this uh, well deserved promotion after she's. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, as Sheridan says, you know, the, the day after he arrived, he, he instantly put in the papers for her, for her promotion. So uh, he, he can see her worth, and, and uh, she should be a commander, and not lieutenant commander. So she, yeah, she's really happy with that. Typical manager, you know, mm. you promote the other person, so they do all the work when you first come into the job, and then it's all their fault, and you're gonna push it off. Yeah, I see what he's doing. I see what he's doing. It's called delegation. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's what yeah. you need. That's where I'm going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we then get um, uh, Via and uh, Malari. Um, Talking about fate. Currents and eddies. That was a great scene. Yeah. It was a, The whole <laughs> scene was great for two reasons. One, you get uh, a great lump of Via in one go about, you know, says, what do you think of, uh, what's your outlook on life? You know, And he gives her this great speech, which... Uh, We'll probably put in here. It's about 35 seconds long. He asks him one question. <laughs> he waffles on about this. Eddie's in space and all this type of thing. But they are it's a really good little speech. Veer, do you believe in fate? Well, actually, I believe there are currents in the universe, eddies and tides that, that pull us one way or the other. Some we have to fight, some we have to embrace. Unfortunately, the currents that we have to fight look exactly like the currents we have to embrace. The currents that we think are the one that's going to make us stronger, they're the ones that are going to destroy us. And the ones that we think are going to destroy us, they're the ones that are going to make us stronger. Now, the other current... Veer! Yes or no? Yes. You know, somewhat. And then, uh, you know, obviously, Malardi says, look, you know, I want you to go to the Tech Mages and, and you know, uh, Make a, you know, try and get a meeting together. We, you know, I'd like to sort of get them on my side and have them as allies. And Veer says, I don't want to go see the mages. I don't want to do it. And, you know, off goes Malari. So, oh, he looks down. He looks down at, at, uh, at Malari's drink and he oh, tries a sip. He goes, hmm. takes the full swig, turns around, falls over. 
I could not stop laughing. It was one of the funniest things I've seen. It was a brilliant pratfall. You just mm. I couldn't. I didn't expect it. I couldn't remember it. Um, no. The way he turns, he leans forward as though he's going to go right. I'm off, and then just straight back. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's completely unexpected. It doesn't come out of anywhere. Nothing or any of the other scenes have led up to this point. And you've got him being this ultimate philosopher and you really want to see where this current conversation is going. And Malari just stops him. And it's just a wonderful little scene, great for the character. And then when he eventually then goes on to the Technomages, you get a completely different side to him. You know, the, the fearless Veer that actually he was more than willing to stand up to whatever the Technomages were going to throw at him where Malari caved in in seconds. Um, completely different character. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's right. I think Veer uh, is very much one of those people that, uh, you know, he, he, do, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't know that <laughs> these things could kill him, but, uh, you know, he goes in there and squares up to this great big monster and you know, faces it down. Brilliant. You don't frighten easily. I work for Ambassador Malari. After a while, nothing bothers you. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's really one of the the best underrated characters on the show. I think. Mm, he's a... he, he's certainly got um, a great uh, comedy timing. I think his uh, his expressions, his the the, um, the nervousness in which he speaks, but it, you know, then at the same time, he's he's you know, very confident in in what his ability to do that. Uh, yeah, very. I think he is very underrated. And the best part is Sheridan finally meets Garibaldi three episodes into the season. <laughs> yes. Well, that's right. Well, they did actually meet when he first woke up, didn't he? But I mean, it was just a very much a hello, I'm your boss. And then and that was it. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that was, um, there's a bit of a scary sort of moment there because he's playing with, uh, with his gun, isn't he? And you can see him loading it, unloading it, loading it, unloading it. And you think, well, is he, what's he doing with that? Is he actually going to go through and, and shoot himself? or? And then in walks mm. uh, Sheridan, and obviously he spots what, um, what's been going on with the gun and just quietly sort of puts it away in the holster, which is, you know, I think is more meaningful than actual practical because, I mean, he could have just, you know, once he's gone, he's just on the holster and shoot himself. But um, confident in his speech there, I think, the, you know, his little pep talk that, Look, I understand if you want to if you want to leave. He said you can take that's like the easy route if you like. But um, you know he you know he's quite happy to to have him there. He, he knows more about the station than, than uh, Sheridan does. So um, I think it's a good uh, a good little confidence boost. But if that isn't enough, then uh, Lou bumps into him and uh, you know in the- Lou's back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he gave up a cake for Garibaldi. That's how much he means to him. <laughs> Two days. It's love been it. sitting there. Two days. <laughs> yes. Come on. Come on. We got some stale cake. cake for you. <laughs> I like the you know the way that Garibaldi finds his way back to the job is that um, you know he says that it's because he's paranoid and he's delusional and he he wants to control everything and, and because obviously Sheridan said he knows everything about the station. But what I secretly think is because of the little bit where he just finally decides that hang on a minute. Ivanova, she's never two steps away from her pad. Um, it's all because Lou didn't bother checking up the email. So I reckon he only came back because he doesn't quite trust Lou. Yeah, that's right. That's the real reason. Mm, that's sad. That's it's not a good uh, indictment of Lou's qualities, is it really? I mean, well, exactly. no, if you're, if you're going to do a job right, you better do it yourself, I guess. Exactly. 
That's true. That's true. And I suppose Lou doesn't know Ivana as well as um, uh, obviously Gar as Garibaldi. So he obviously you know, didn't think to check you know, that the uh, that this was a proper uh, thing. So I mean, it's low blood sugar. If he wasn't eating that cake, Cle clearly he's just not thinking straight. You know. That'll be it. Yeah, he, 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 Lou certainly doesn't know Ivanova like uh, Warren Keffer does, the new fighter no, pilot exactly. who's oh. apparently been around forever, but we never saw him in the first season. Our best mate, yeah. He's always there. <laughs> yep, always at the captain's table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As we'll see also in the next episode, but we'll get to that soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm foreshadowing. <laughs> shadows, don't talk about shadows. Uh -huh. You caught that, did you? <laughs> so, um, Malari... Um, talks to Sheridan about the Technomages and sets up a meeting between the two. You know, because there can't be anything sinister there, can there? No, no. He just wants to like be an intermediary, you know, like negotiations. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about board. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, but unfortunately, the Drazi have started um, killing other Drazi, which is uh, not really what they're supposed to be doing. You know, uh, there's a number of dead purple Drazi lying around the place. It's mm -hmm. not, uh, not a good move. The Technomage meets with Malari, uh, but he sees right through him. He sees that uh, he's got a little recording device there, and even you know, even though they've used one themselves, he's uh, he, he basically grabs hold of Malari and and really sort of you know scares the crap out of him, really. Because mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Michael Ansara is quite a tall guy. I mean, uh, you know, he's quite an imposing uh, person. He's almost he reminded me of Yul Brynner. I mean, not mm. just he's bald, you know, and slightly dark skin, but you know, he Very has that sort of commanding presence yeah mm. he's got a beautiful voice i love his voice i mean it's it's always been one of those lyrical musical sort of voices that when, you know, when he speaks it's sort of it's, it's just such such an easy voice to listen to but yeah um so uh obviously yeah they're not too happy with malari um uh, so uh, <laughs> they uh the technomages get their own back by uh, putting a bug in the system who uh, basically drains all of Malari's uh, funds and unfortunately gets some. Uh, how, how many? Well, he's got a, like a Spoo farm now that he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like five thousand shares in Spoo and and something else as well. Fireplay industries or something. Yeah, yeah there you go. Right. Yeah, and then the lights go out. I love it. And then it's just uh, Malari just saying. Then again, <laughs> yes, maybe you should apologise. No, never. Yeah. Then again. Yeah, very good. Um, but then, uh, obviously, Garibaldi you know, realizes that Lou's made this mistake and he, he uh, goes to the rescue of uh, Ivanova, who's been uh, kidnapped by the Drazi. And uh, I like the way he just sort of you know, bolts straight in. Boom, he's there. Hello, I'm here to sell you this black cardboard box that could be very <laughs> <Yeah>. useful. <laughs> Everybody needs a black cardboard box. Did you know what he called it? Yes, sir. The Acne Handy Dandy Micro Helper, right here in this box. So he was doing his Bugs Bunny bit. He was actually being Bugs Bunny. <laughs> oh, I missed. And it. it was a, it was just, it was so fantastic because it's perfect because it fits all the cartoon stuff we saw in season one. Uh, he was genuinely being Bugs Bunny. It's brilliant. <laughs> so I like, I like the way he gets uh, Ivanova's help though by saying, "Yo, if anybody uh, needs any of this help, then uh, just shout out straight away." She's there. Help! <laughs> Boom. Trips over the uh, one of the drowsy with a boot. Yeah. So, yeah. All good stuff. So um, then uh, they obviously have this system. The, 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 the Drazi have been trying to get all the purples together so they can kill them all off in one go. And uh, 
Ivana has got this great idea of um, you know just holding them for you know one cycle, which is obviously a week, until the Drazi point out that one cycle is actually a year or one point two Earth years. So uh, it's going to be a little bit longer than they thought. So in the end, out of frustration, she says, "You're just fighting over this green sash," and pulls the green sash off the green leader, and instantly they're all like straight away at attention because, of course, green follows green leader. Hmm. Of course, as yeah. it should be. But I do like this this Drazi, the guy who plays the Drazi, uh, whose name I shall uh, look back and find out that it is Kim Strauss. It's actually Kim as a uh, as a male name, not, not as a female name, as I thought. I think I might be wrong, mm -hmm. but no, um, right. it's, uh, I love his facial expressions. And even though he's got all of this uh, mm. prosthetic over his face, lizard type you know, scales, he's, he can convey his his, um, his feelings and meanings you know, through that so easily. And he's a lot of acting with his eyes. Uh, really good. The facial expressions he's pulling while, you know, He's being smug, or he's smiling, or you know, he's, it's just brilliant. I actually love this guy. Talking about the uh, the fact that all the rules were before we made Alien Contact, and they're still being held up in committee. They haven't quite decided who's in charge yet. Yes, I just I loved it. Just the way he was sort of so po faced because I'm, yeah. I don't know how I'm supposed to react now. I'm, yeah, I'm trapped by convention. Yes, we're still waiting for them to come through. <laughs> Good solution. Now we'll just go dye all the colors the same. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that that's just crazy isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I'm green leader now so let's all go and find some dye some purple dye I'll make you all purple <laughs> <laughs> oh, very diplomatic so then um, Malari ap apologises to the technomages he goes up and he apologises oh, yeah, I thought it was actually a very uh, brave thing that he did because he's not one for, for apologising and he went there and he, and he apologised and he meant it and you know they, you know, you could see he was sincere. And even then, you know, as he was leaving, said, "I still hope we can we can do some business." And then leaves with three hitchhikers on his back. Did they look like gremlins to you? Kind of. Mm. Oh, don't 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 leave them in the dark. <laughs> don't get them wet. Yep. Don't uh, feed them after midnight. But then, when's midnight in Babylon Five? Oh like... yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's why they made such a mess of the place. And the smell <laughs> mm, terrible so uh, Garibaldi uh, comes back to duty uh, because he is uh, compulsively paranoid or paranoidly compulsive one of the two mm. and uh, the mage uh, the techno mages leave with um, a warning to um, Malari about his future actions as I look at you Ambassador Malari I see a great hand reaching out of the stars the hand is your head, and I hear sounds, the sounds of billions of people calling your name. My followers? Your victims. That was a great line. Any points you'd like to bring up? No, it was just uh, just an excellent episode, really. Uh, gave us a lot of background. It gives us, gave us uh, the Centauri... Um, uh, political infighting. It, it introduced us to the technomages. It uh, got Garibaldi back in in uh, fighting form. Uh, it was like a little bit of everything. It, it gave us the background of the Drazi, who uh, show up in quite a few episodes. It's just a really good episode. The pacing's good and quick, and uh, there wasn't really anything bad about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the, the, obviously, the technomages. We you know 
that they, they deal with sort of magic, but through science, which, mm. um, as um, Sheridan pointed out, you know, why do you, why to perform this magic? You need atomic power and you know masses of energy and all this type of thing to perform these this magical tricks, whereas God didn't need any. Um, <laughs> he said, "Well, you know, <laughs> you don't really know." <laughs> But they're basically they're they're running they're on the run they're they're um, they've seen that the shadows are coming and they're off they're they're uh, basically taking all of their knowledge which they've got, gathered over the years and they uh, they want to preserve it because there's a dark mm. storm coming. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I did like the whole touch by darkness and the the fact that they could predict it. You know, they it fed into the idea of these technomages because it is science, so they could easily predict that something like this is going to happen. And, you know, if the, the backstory for Babylon 5 is that this has all happened before and it's going to happen again, chances are they probably figured that out themselves. Um, but uh, I just loved all the, the, the backstory for Sheridan as well, the, uh, sitting in his, his dad's garden and looking up at the sky and dreaming of, you know, what was to come and then getting the, the blossom. And there's just enough time in the scene for whatever little techno bobby that uh, he's using in his hand to, you know, replicate the cherry blossom before handing it to him. There's just enough time for believably for his whatever magic thing he does to work. And I just thought it was a perfect little scene there. But I do think there is a way we could have saved TKO with this episode. Like They were all desperately trying to find a, a solution to uh, the Drazi problem. Why not stick them in the TKO, in the, the old uh, Mutai? You know, have them fight it out in the Mutai, and then whoever comes out emerges victorious, all done. You know, they could have rescued a much worse episode with this good episode quite easily. How about we don't tape this episode with that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hang on. <laughs> one of the best episodes that's been so far compared to the worst episode. No, I'm trying to bring up the level so everything's on the same level. That's Dan, all it is. There is no saving TKO. <laughs> no, there isn't. No, there really isn't. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Well, before we move on to um, any trivia we have, uh, let's uh, take a break and have a promo for another show on the ESO network. Hey, Mike, I think I might have the new promo for Earth Station One for the spring. Want to hear it? Sure. Celebrating over 12 years of bringing you all things geek, we're the Earth Station One podcast. No matter the topic, we have been showing you all sides of geekdom with interviews, reviews, discussions, con reports, and as always, the geek seat. Join Mike and Mike weekly at EarthStation1.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. That's Earth Station One. What, what do you think? Is it okay? That's eh, fine. We'll, we'll do better next time. Okay, and we're back. Another great promo there. Mm -hmm. Most excellent. Okay, trivia. So here we go. Cla the, 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 uh, the obvious one first. Claudia Christian broke her ankle off the set and then drank half a bottle of wine to kill the pain. Knowing her problems now, I don't think it was just to kill the pain. But anyway, mm. uh, before uh, phoning the studio to report the accident, she expected to be written out, but uh, writer-producer JMS simply added a scene to explain why she walked with her crutches. And the production continued. Originally, Ivanova was going to fight her way free from the Drazi by herself. Elric's line, Do not try the patience of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. Almost a quotation from J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Gildor, the first elf to appear in the story, said to Frodo and Sam, Do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, etc., etc. Frodo replied, It is also said, 
Go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. Don't go to the hobbits, because they never stop eating. Mm. Second breakfast, always good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so Eleven's is, that's my lunch. According to Babylon 5 canon, when the Technomages arrive, Galen is among their number. He is Elric's apprentice, and would later be seen in the Crusade series. Ooh. Elric's line, I see a great hand reaching out of the stars was later one of the phrases featured in the opening sequence of season five. It must be one heck of an opening sequence, season five. It's got so many sayings in it. It does. It really does, actually. Wow. Must take three minutes to play it. It's longer than the actual season. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Technomage Elric is named after a popular fantasy character in a series of books written by Michael Moorcock. Uh, Although Drazi females have never been seen, the Drazi do have two sexes. Uh, the fighting nope. between the Drazi, wearing the either purple or green sashes, is reminiscent of the Star Trek 1966 episode, Star Trek, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, 1969, uh, where the two sides in conflict are both black and white, only on opposite <laughs> sides. Only recently revealed uh, is the fact that the Technomages were once agents of the Shadows, but they rebelled. The reason they hid out during the Shadow War is that since they use Shadow technology to achieve their wizardry, it would make them much easier to be found by their former masters. Uh, Via pronounces his own name differently. When he approaches the Technomages, he first pronounces his last name as Cot-O, and then later as Cote-O. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see that the first time around, but uh, and on the second time around, I even forgot to listen to it, so it didn't really bother me. Hmm. Um, so uh, that's the trivia. Uh, Sean? Do we have any Star Trek connections by any chance? <laughs> Matter of fact, we do. We have a major Star Trek connection. Uh, you wouldn't believe it, but Michael and Sarah, which is only one person, it's not two, it's not Michael and Sarah, it's just <laughs> one guy. Uh, he played Kang on the original Star Trek as well as Deep Space Nine when he reprised his role. He also played somebody named JL in Deep Space Nine, but that's not important. He played Kang, one of the original Klingons. I think he actually played him in Voyager as well. Uh, oh. Maybe. Uh, that's not what I found, but mm. uh, definitely in Deep Space Nine and uh, original series. So, and, and of course, the guy who played Lou Welch and uh, the guy who wore into Bata, we've already talked about those guys before, mm-hmm. so that doesn't matter. But uh, Michael and Sarah was the only new character that uh, had a Star Trek connection. Yeah, very good. I, I think he's brilliant. I loved him as Kang and I, lo- I love him as this character. I think he's an amazing actor. Obviously, and that voice. Oh, yeah, I would. Anyway, um, <laughs> so ratings. Our rating system is out of five jump gates uh, because it's Babylon 5. Um, and uh, IMDB, they obviously rate it out of, um, out of 10, and they've given it a 7.8, which uh, translates uh, to 3.9. So, Sean, what did, you, uh, what did you rate this as? Well, it's definitely higher than 3.9. It it was very enjoyable. The pacing was fast. We we learn about techno mages. We uh, we, we get uh, Malari having uh, a little bit of a comeuppance or being put in his place. Uh, Ivanova looks absolutely beautiful in this episode. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's not part of the rating system, but I just had to say it. But <laughs> that's a whole other jump gate system. That's fine. That's a whole other, yeah. Uh, the the drazi, the green, and the purple. It it seemed familiar. It's like I'd seen it last season, but it's just 
so memorable. It, it's it's great. Every everything's good. Uh, I'm gonna give it uh, four point four jump gates out of five. Wow. Done. Yeah. Um. I think one uh, thing that I'm going to keep going is that if I can't think of a, an airplane moment in an episode, it must be a good episode because I genuinely couldn't do it. There was so many good comedy moments all on its own that it didn't need, you know, the, the fun poked out of it. So well, surely, the fr- surely this would be the, the, the sniffing glue bit where you, you know, and you sniff glue <laughs> and it falls over. That's what Via Cotter did. You know, he took, took a drink, went... That's a direct thing. I, you know, I feel like it should have its own uh, thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't give it any less than a four because it is just so good. You've got Malari all going there. Um, you've got the the purple and green, which sticks in my brain. You know, there are very few episodes which I have completely remembered all the way through. And this one was pretty much there. Um, yeah, the, the green and purple thing, I kind of wish that we were going to get to see this a little bit more. And as far as I know, it doesn't come back up again in any of the other seasons or it's not really examined. Don't recall it anywhere else. No, and I kind of feel like this could have been a, a good, you know, light-hearted running gag where we've got so much darkness coming. We've got, you know, the the dark hand reaching from space as Elric talk, talked about. You know, would it be nice to keep this going? And it's just like a thorn in Garibaldi's side, and it's just like the comedy relief when we have a really dark episode. So knowing that this doesn't really go anywhere, I should really hold it against it as I've held other things in season one against it. And. Uh, I don't know. I really don't. There's no Jakar as well, which obviously I do hold against most episodes. So I'm going to think I'm going to stick with a four, a solid four out of five. Okay. Well, guys, this, I think, I'm just looking at my, at my um, the marks that I've given all of the previous episodes. This is my favorite episode so far. Nice. Mm-hmm. For all the reasons that you said, um, We've got the Drazi, which is a good, uh, some great acting from the guys in the Drazi suits. Um, We've got Michael Ansara, my goodness, him him alone in the in the episode would you know know, wax that that score right up. Um, You have (laughs) yes, Ivanova looking absolutely gorgeous, like you said, Sean. I I did notice that. I thought, wow, she's got her hair down, but even so, wow, she's looking really pretty good here, even though she's just had a bottle of wine and broken her foot. Uh, Garibaldi's uh, sort of come, you know, he comes back into into the show now. He's officially sort of, he's back, you know, up and running. And, and I like his little should I, shouldn't I. And I like his reasons as well. He wasn't just being silly about this. He did say the guy was right there. He should have, I should have seen him. You know, I, I, I've let everybody down. I, you know, what sort of a security person am I? Should and you know, it was there were real real concerns. You know, it was really uh, really well thought out. Uh, I love Sheridan the way he he convinces him to come back. Um, so for that, I've given this a four point eight eight. Wow! Very nice. Wow! Which equate if you could do it out of ten, that's nine point seven five. That's pretty pretty high. And the reason mm. I've done that is because my previous highest uh, was uh, Chrysalis, which was four point seven five, and I enjoyed this more than that. Because there's a bit more humour in it, mm. uh, there's like the lightheartedness of the of the Drazi and how at least they were killing each other, uh, but how it was all dealt with. Um, so yeah, four point eight eight. There you go, my highest score so far. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that it? Anything else you'd like to bring up, Tom? That's it. No, no okay. all good. Well, in that case, that's the end of this episode. 
Join us again next week when we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 4, A Distant Star. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. Dreamers, shapers, singers, makers. Part of me says we'll not see their like again. And the part of me that still believes in magic says don't be so sure. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.